0: We begin with the letter A. A is for M is for murder, E is for
1: danger. And uh dodge with monster. Help, love me and be, 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 please. Help. Yeah. Oh wait, are they a sponsor? I no. love Fandango.
0: <laughs> Wandango. <When> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to another spooky chilly episode of the S4 podcast. Tonight I will be telling this lurid tale. I am Monster and joining me is Danger. Danger, how are you? I uh I'm fine, but we have no Sarge. No, and you know what? He will come up. He will he might not be here physically, but he is here spiritually, I promise.
0: Sarge had something going on with uh, one of his uh, children's, mini children's. <laughs> I was his... going to say,
1: that's <laughs> what happens when you have several.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the odds of something happening. Uh, one of his kids' cars, so he had to uh Well, I think do, only one uh, of them
1: drive, so that does narrow it down.
0: It does. It had to do, I guess you could say, an auto-parental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> auto-parental auto print is that like a transformers doesn't matter anyway yes yeah.
0: yeah, sarge turned into a car and left us
1: <laughs> sarge is now an off-road are... sarge is now a four by four jeep <laughs> why did i assume it was a hummer anyway tonight we are discussing w is for the wendigo Windigo Windigo. Now, Dan... <laughs> Windigo. Or when to go? Ad, we'll, we'll get into it. There's there's a few different pronunciations, but. Windango.
0: <laughs>
1: Windango.com. Well, I'm going
0: with Windango. It's a furry way to buy your theater tickets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's get one thing straight. No fur will be involved tonight. Danger, do you have any familiarity with the Windigo?
0: I feel like it's
1: in the same
0: uh, family. As Bigfoot? Oh, you asshole! I no. I, oh, okay. I I didn't know if you were calling me an asshole because I was right or because I was wrong, but either way,
1: no. I thought you were going to say something about the Yeti, and no, the Wendigo and the Yeti are completely different. Okay, you could totally do two separate episodes on the Wendigo and the Yeti. There's spoilers.
0: That
1: <laughs> the Wendigo is this usually nine to 10 foot tall emaciated creature that stalks the northeast part of america into like southern canada
0: so the northwest pacific northwest is uh, northeast I, i know but the the pacific northwest is bigfoot so the northeast got a bigfoot chupacabra
1: this isn't B for Bigfoot. This isn't S for Sasquatch. You leave that hairy son of a bitch out of this. All right. Okay? All right. I'll leave he Phil has alone. Nothing to do with this. I'll
0: leave Phil alone.
1: <laughs> Is it Phil? I,
0: I don't what, know. What's
1: the Lizard man name? Larry. Was it Larry? I thought it was. was. Okay. Larry the lizard man. I think I started calling <laughs> him Carl in the beginning, but Larry. He's, you know, it's that's his brother. So anyway. Yeah. The legend of the Wendigo dates back to the Algonquin tribes, where it is mentioned most often. According to their legends, the Wendigo is a cursed creature that used to be a human that stalks the land in search of human flesh. So it's a cannibal creature. So how did it get turned from a human
0: into this thing? thing and so we're gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say his name is wendell
1: yeah do you have a a, a little motorized vehicle with handles that you stand on because sir that was an excellent segue
0: oh okay I, <laughs> I, I i don't and uh i wish i had something for your segue segue but it's i, I just i don't go on
1: I'm, I'm editing this i'm cutting all that out that was horrible i feel icky for saying it <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, that's the, you, we can't have an episode without feeling icky.
1: The Wendigo has appeared in several different pop culture arenas, including one of my first exposures to it, and I didn't even know it was coming, spoiler alerts for a previous episode, it is featured in the video game Until Dawn. Mm. If you'd like to know more about that, you should listen to our episode on You is for Until Dawn. Season three, I believe. Four? No, two. God, I don't I, know. I don't, I don't know. One One of the seasons we did. Um, I feel like we're
0: all relatively of sound mind, and so we should remember what we did in certain seasons, but yeah.
1: Whatever. Yeah. I, I, once I hit stop on this episode, I won't remember until I listen to it later. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> the Windigo has also appeared in a lot of movies, and we'll get to a little bit more of that in a few minutes. It's even been in Marvel Comics. Uh, which I thought maybe you would be familiar with it all. I'm not sure.
0: I know that Marvel Comics has had everything in there at some point, mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to keep track of some of the smaller things. I do know that there are odd things that have come into the Marvel Universe, like Santa Claus is in the
1: Marvel Universe. Yeah, uh, I could see Santa Claus making a case for Santa Claus to be a mutant.
0: Yeah, uh, he's like the most powerful mutant. In addition to that, but yeah, I don't know specifically Wendell being in there.
1: What's really interesting is uh, one of the references I saw was there was a Wendigo in a My Little Pony episode, which is um, kind of scary. Uh, was
0: he friendly in it? I don't know. I feel like, I highly doubt it. I, I feel like um, My Little Pony is all about friendship, and th- like the girls are into it, the triplets are into it. My Little Pony, yeah. It was like See if you apple, can find the Wendigo episode. Like apple Patch and, and, patching, and Sparkle Butt and Rainbow Dash. And, yeah.
1: and and Wendell the Wendigo. Yeah. Who probably tears holes into the flesh of all the other little ponies. I don't remember that episode. I feel like that one would have jumped out at me. That's a director's cut. Yeah. So essentially the Wendigo is this giant humanoid cannibal that is incredibly fast. Like I said before, it's about nine to ten feet tall. It's got razor sharp teeth and claws. Oftentimes, they are depicted with their lips torn off and their heart is made of ice, much like our very own Sarge.
0: Yes, you, you <laughs> brought look, Sarge back to it. So, I
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he may not be here physically, but he is with us spiritually. They are so, often depicted. Go on,
0: sorry. I was, I, I had this like, <laughs> I had this image of him in my head now that is terrifying.
1: Oh, absolutely! They're often they're they're often depicted as emaciated and very bony. It shrieks and usually is accompanied by a really foul, rotten odor. Again, very similar to Sarge. And and you were asking earlier. Almost all Windigos start off as human, and they turn into Windigos after consuming human flesh. Now, once turned, the Windigo has no gender yet again another similarity to our very own sarge
0: So he's a gentleman by the name of wendell and then he craves human flesh eats yes. the human flesh and turns into this thing that mm-hmm. we most uh, like if sarge had the face of fire marshal bill in the hands of freddie uh krueger I almost said Mercury, <laughs> Freddy <laughs> Krueger, like on, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. You say tomato, I say shut up. And both both want my dreams. Yes, Freddy Mercury was great. Anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah, the, this thing's not not fun in my head. No, no, it is not fun at all. It is it is a scary thing to actually stop and think about. And again, and we'll get into this here in a second. Think about the locale that I told you. We're talking northeast America, the, the kind of southeast of Canada, where it's cold and it's snowy and it's dark and it's there's tons of forestry areas. This thing is running around on the tops of treetops stalking humans.
0: Okay. Now, that before it takes the form or not? I feel like during the week, it's just, you know, during the day well, at this- least.
1: Banker. This isn't this isn't like a werewolf. This isn't like some of these other creatures that go back and forth. Once you're a windigo, you are a windigo. Okay, so there's no
0: like coming back to human form.
1: Not that I have seen. No. Okay,
0: sorry, I miss misunderstood heard you on that. I thought that you were saying that it's a human like during the day and then at night becomes Windigo.
1: As the legend goes, and we'll get more into detail as we go. The legend states that a Wendigo starts off as a human that turns into this creature. And we'll get into some of the ways they turn into that monster as we go. Okay. Okay. So is most commonly thought that a person had to eat human flesh to become a Wendigo. Uh, in some stories, it's believed that a person can become a Wendigo just by thinking about turning into one or to be in a state of inner turmoil, or being in a state of spiritual imbalance, or just being a selfish bastard. Again, just like Sarge. So really, if you're not doing good? Essentially, yes. Generally speaking, a person becomes a wendigo by eating the flesh of another human. The legend goes that once a person becomes so desperate that they resort to cannibalism, they basically acquire a taste of human flesh and will never be satisfied again. So they're basically cursed to stalk the woods looking for more human victims to devour. Okay.
0: So, like, it's like there's no real going back. To just like, hey guys, I want to go to Ruby Tuesdays and enjoy that salad buffet. It's your craving human flesh all the time.
1: Well, I don't know if you've been to a Ruby Tuesday salad bar recently.
0: Yeah, I haven't been to one in probably good, I don't know, 10 years. I don't know why Ruby Tuesday salad bar came to mind because Jason's Deli has a much better salad bar, which I don't know if anybody who listens in other parts of the country has Jason's Deli there,
1: but you're missing out. Their salad bar is great. Salad bars across the country. Be suspect of those little ham cubes.
0: I don't think I've ever gotten the ham cubes. I don't. What's your thing about the ham cubes?
1: I'm just saying, if you are worried about this Wendigo situation, take a look at those ham cubes. Make sure they are pork or beef and not human.
0: Mm-hmm. So you think there's human cubes on the salad buffet?
1: I'm not saying I don't think there's human cubes on the salad bar. Depending on where you go. Okay. Okay. You heard it here first, folks, Ruby Tuesday serves human. I didn't say Ruby Tuesday specifically. I said salad bars across the nation. You heard it here first, folks. Ruby Tuesday <laughs> serves human. The story of the Wendigo was passed down orally amongst the indigenous tribes of what is now, like I said, northeast United States up into Canada and the Ottawa area. Okay. This is kinda of near the Great Lakes area of America. The finger licks. I have a vacation plan to the Finger Lakes. Yes. If anyone catches that reference, you get bonus points.
0: I didn't realize we were keeping score, but cool.
1: I wasn't aware that we were keeping listeners, but hey, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the Ottawa area, the Finger Lakes area.
1: Yes. Because the legend is solely attached to this one tribe, It's not, the legend is not associated with a specific tribe. It's actually a collection of Algonquin-speaking people. Okay. Uh, Because of this, there's actually 30 variations, over 30 variations, of the spelling and pronunciation of Wendigo. Some prefer to do the W I some do the W E I say Wendigo. I've heard others refer to it as ween to go, uh, Wendigo, Wendigo. I've never heard anyone refer to it as Wendigo other than you. Um, but maybe there is a tribe that does. I don't know.
0: Yes, they are of the movie going tribe.
1: (laughs) This seems as good a time as any. There is this incredible YouTube rabbit hole you can go down. Uh, PBS has, and I don't know if this is on television or if it's just YouTube, but they have a channel called Monstrum. And a lot of the information that I get when I do these episodes on cryptids and legends and monsters come from that channel. It's hosted by this woman, and they are great. They have these great graphics and animation and they really go in-depth on these creatures. So just quick shout-outs, to because I don't know if I referenced them in some of our previous episodes, but if I'm doing an episode on some kind of cryptid monster legend thing, there's a good chance I got a lot of my notes and research from Monstrum. If you like this kind of stuff, go to YouTube and type in Monstrum and just check out some of the nonsense they have. It's great.
0: Well, one of the things that is hard to get the graphics and stuff for is podbeam.com. And when you use Danger and Sarge or Danger Sarge as your code to get a month free of podcast hosting services, those terms and conditions will apply. And there may be something in there about graphics and animations, but there's nothing in there about cryptids and monsters.
1: And you don't even have to eat another person
0: to get this deal you don't you don't but you may have to find some way to eat time because
1: a podcast takes a while you just got to read those terms and conditions maybe maybe you do have to eat somebody i don't don't know i don't know (laughs) i
0: I never if that's the deal um i'm gonna stop promoting that because i'm not gonna promote cannibalism go to podbeam.com
1: you've never eaten a human before
0: nope sorry even off of the salad bar
1: so the story goes that hikers or explorers would go into the snow-covered mountains and would eventually run out of supplies and food. Once food and supplies ran dry, people would have to resort to... cannibalism.
0: yes. Donner, party of five.
1: Ooh, nailed yeah. it. <laughs> the Algonquins believed that eating another human was the worst thing you could do. And once you tasted human flesh, you, were, you would be inhabited by the spirit of the Wendigo and you would undergo a transformation both physically and mentally. The idea is that the story of the Wendigo would scare people into sharing resources more freely with one another.
0: Okay. So So, it's really a fear-based survival tactic.
1: We've talked about this with the werewolf and we've talked about this with the vampire, but a lot of these legends get passed down as cautionary tales to warn people against performing atrocities or whatever. They, they were basically created to help maintain a certain status quo amongst a group of people. Okay. And, and in this case, with the Native Americans, the Wendigo was basically used to prepare, explain, caution against these three factors the beginning of winter, the power of hunger, and the danger of selfishness.
0: So this immediately popped in my head uh, reminds me of... If you say Bigfoot, I'll slap you. No, I was going to say The Village in that Shamalama Ding Dong movie. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know,
0: where you just create this story about fear, basically, and this thing that is going to consume you. Which makes me think that the Wendigo isn't the Wendango is, it? Is it
1: real? Nobody's here to discuss whether it's real or not. I'm just telling you.
0: No, no, that's, that's or fine. That, that's fine. I just, you know, have a tendency to, I mean, this exists in all cultures and yeah. Yeah. religions yeah. and uh, whatever societies really about. There's something that we're going to warn you against with fear.
1: And I will say, just to get off on a little tangent here, I don't think The Village is that bad of a movie, but... It's also not that good of a movie. I, and, and this, hey, this is partially the viewer's fault, not M. Night Shyamalan's fault. I, I blame the studio more than the director. When you market your film as a creature feature, and there are no creatures to be featured, I'm not happy. That makes me very unhappy.
0: Yeah, the creatures were costumes.
1: Spoilers. The creatures were dudes in robes with porcupines sticking out of their head. More or less, yeah. Anyway, spoiler alert for the village. Yeah, if you didn't see
0: the village, I'm going to go ahead and save you some time. Don't. Don't.
1: I would say, and maybe we'll do an episode on Shamalama Ding Dong one day. He's got some incredible films. And he sure has some stinkers, too. (laughs) Stinkers puts it lightly. And Billage is in the bottom half. I won't say it's, like, bottom-bottom, but it's getting there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's... I I feel like with him, and we'll, you know, save a full discussion for an episode on him, but I I feel like he's kind of one of those that did some good stuff at the beginning and everything else, it's like you know what's coming. Like, you know there's something coming. So...
1: And it's hard to build your reputation as the, ooh, what a twist guy, right? because then, like you said, you become expecting it.
0: Maybe he just needs to produce a cover of The
1: Twist. I will. I I have never been more angry. Okay, so (laughs) the first known written mention of the Wendigo was in the 17th century Jesuit records, which just so happened to be when Europeans first entered the fur trade. Europeans noticed a lot of similarities between the Wendigo and one of their very own legends that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, the werewolf. Right. So around 1928, a Jesuit priest compared the two monsters. However, the only animal that is ever associated with the Wendigo is the owl. Some Algonquin dialects can actually translate owl as Wendigo. Okay. If you actually go back into Native American lore. Like the like the bird, the owl. Yes, yes. O W L, yeah. Um I've I've had a drink or two. My pronunciation might be slightly off. But I am saying owl like the bird, not owl like that weird gentleman we've talked about.
0: Like we've I actually had to have a whole conversation on one of the girls asked how to spell Our earlier, and it was like Our as in like Ours, like your and mine, or our as in time, like, yeah, so anyway.
1: Did you say hour or hour? (laughs) Right, right. Yes. (laughs) Right. So this is the part that I think is really interesting. So when I described the Wendigo to you earlier, 7 to 10 feet tall, super scrawny, sharp teeth, long claws, no skin, that is a scary thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you said no
1: lips, too. and Yeah, it is just like this snarl. Like, it's yeah. just... Because, again, it is to give the impression of starvation. It's to oh, give yeah. the impression of no desire other than hunger.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. And, really, the no skin sells it as far as the hunger. No, it doesn't. But it's like an unneeded detail that just is needed somehow.
1: Yes. And, and again, I think the no skin... Well... The skin, but no hair, no fur, also gives credence to the winter. Because again, this story basically stems from, hey, when you're exploring these areas and it's cold and it's dark and it's snowy, you don't want to resort to the last option. So I think by making it a freezing cold being as well adds into that, which again, makes it nothing like the Yeti, which is a totally, totally different kind of creature. I didn't say anything about the Yeti. I said something about Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so this is what I thought was kind of interesting. Over the years, with a lot of these things, same with the Bigfoot, the Yeti, the vampire, the werewolf, all these cryptids and, and monsters, there's been varying depictions of the Wendigo. The most accurate is the one that I've been describing. However, there was a film that came out in 2001, which is really interesting because it was written and directed by the same guy who wrote, was actually a, a character in Until Dawn. Um, okay. The same guy wrote and directed this film called Wendigo in 2001. Okay, In that film, the Wendigo... Is often seen as a cross between a human and like a deer or a ram. Like it it looks humanoid, again like the traditional Wendigo, but it has this big deer skull, like long nose, and has like antlers on top of it. Okay. Which
0: I feel like for visual medium of movie would be more terrifying, even though the thing in itself and you know is scary enough you know i feel like adding the antlers just kind of steps that up a little bit
1: okay so i actually had it in my notes i wish i would have read two sentences ahead larry fessender he is the guy who wrote and directed the film wendigo and he's he's done a couple of these like low budget b films that are have just a tinge of hey, that's kind of cool like they're kind of yeah. worth watching right um but he he had a lot to do with Until Dawn, um, okay. which, like I said in our old previous episode, I absolutely love that game. But he flat out said, as far as the way the Wendigo looks in, in his film, it is just made-up nonsense. Yep. I don't think I have a quote here. But basically, he said that he had done very little research on what a Wendigo actually was or what it looked like before he made his movie so when it came time to do it he was just like whatever
0: it seems like something you would research before putting out a movie about it but go on
1: now i will give him credit because and spoiler alerts for a game that's you know pushing well it's over 10 years pushing 20 years old uh and until dawn he corrected himself So what he depicted as a Wendigo in his film versus what he depicts as a Wendigo in Until Dawn are two very different creatures. Okay.
0: All right. So in Until Dawn is probably closer to the description.
1: yes. Yes. Side note, I just finished Supermassive's newest game, the quarry, which also has a supernatural beast that, we may or may not have referenced in this episode, and again, has put its own spin on the way it looks and at and uh, for better or for worse. Um, but there will be a monster's midnight musing about all that, so don't okay. don't worry about that here. All right. Actually, there is, but I'm I, I'm I'm the king of no spoilers, so I'm not. I didn't really give anything away there either. Okay.
0: So all, right. all right, King, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs>
1: In the 1920s and the 1930s, they actually had this thing in psychology called the Wendigo psychosis. And, and you can look this up. There are actual legal cases that went to court, specifically amongst the Native American tribes, where people killed other, quote-unquote, people because they thought they were Wendigos. Okay. And— Again, you you get into this gray area where in their tribe, in their culture, it was not deemed illegal or even wrong to execute someone you believe to be a monster, you know. Right. Uh, but once, you know, colonization happened and America became, quote unquote, civilized or whatever you want to say. You know, we said we don't, we don't play that around here. Right. And you shot another human being and you have to go to trial for it now. So in the 20s and 30s, they actually had a condition that was in the science textbooks called wendigo psychosis. It was basically a mental. Con- it was a term that was given to a mental condition where people thought about and had the desire to eat human flesh. By the seventies, this was already debunked and yeah. was nullified and, and taken out of everything. Well, I, um,
0: I mean, I I believe that there probably is a, uh, a a desire to consume human flesh by serial killers and such, and that's why we you know have those that have, but. I don't think maybe giving it a name is such a bad thing, but you know, to not try to at least figure out what that really is, you know, might be a little so, wrong, I guess.
1: So I think it's been stated on this show before that it took me three years to complete a two year college degree. So I am not the smartest crayon in the box. But what I will say is When I first started going to college, I was a psychology major. And I found I was really, really fascinated by people's desires, people's um, fetishes, the things that people found interesting or enticing or whatever that the average person does not find that way. And I, I think the difference between a a person with psychological problems and the average human being is the desire to act on those thoughts Yeah, because I think every human being has thoughts and desires and things that cross their mind in, in a particular moment where 10 minutes later they go, Ooh, God, I was, Ooh, I feel icky. Like, why did I even think that to myself? I've made myself feel icky before. Oh. Sure, I think everybody has. But the difference is, you know, like in your in your Jeffrey Dahmers, in your John Wayne Gacy's, in your... Oh, those what guys. You, go, <laughs> you know, those guys, my old buddies. Dennis Rader, how you doing? Uh, what makes them say, ooh, this seems like a good idea, versus, okay, now I'm physically doing this thing, you know? Well, and
0: see, the difference... And like what caused that to happen? It's really a fine line on if they got hugged too little or too much.
1: I think every person's psychological problem can be boiled down to the question. Did you get hugged too little or too much? Right. And by whom? Right. Right. So let's move on.
0: <laughs> Cause this could go bad real quick
1: <laughs> to wrap it up. The moral of the story is do not eat people.
0: Yes. Yeah. Don't don't eat people. Even if you think about it, don't do it.
1: A long, long story short, this whole legend stems from the fact that in this time, these native American tribes were out searching for resources and they were in miserable conditions. They were freezing cold. They were low on supplies. And when you're hungry, when you're starving, the brain makes you think certain things. Yes. And the Wendigo was a cautionary tale to say, hey, do not give in to those animal impulses. And if you do, you will turn into one of these creatures yourself. Okay, so I have a question for you.
0: When was the Wendigo first, like, when was it first written about?
1: When did it come about The first time it was ever written about was in the 17th century. Okay. So, but it was probably something that had been passed on earlier than that. Okay. So I know that
0: based on anybody's mental state, whether it be, you know, happy, depressed, level of depression changes, you know, all of it, the intrusive thoughts that we all have, those little thoughts that pop up that make you go, I wonder if I could put my hand in the garbage disposal and turn it on to be okay. You know, like, we all have those little weird thoughts. Yeah, one gallon of ice cream? What's another? Some of them are not so harmful. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it
1: might be. You might be lactose intolerant.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could be, you know, playing a dangerous game there.
1: You know, so... Well, yeah, stick your hand in the hole in the tree. What's the worst that could be in there?
0: Or be gluten intolerant, you know, have celiac and be looking at that bread roll going, I wonder if I can make it. <laughs> and How many wasps
1: can you put in your mouth?
0: Yeah, depending on the level of where you are mentally, you know, are you going to be okay going into the woods already? But then let's just say you're a depressed feller that has to go out hunting for your family in what, I don't know, eighteen ninety eighteen sixty I don't I don't know, you pick the year. Two thousand twenty-three and you know, wi fi Yes. That's so all you need to know. Yeah, you go out there, you get cold, hungry, you run out of your food, which I think that if the 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 creature is real, maybe the creature has a trekking thing about itself where it slowly like Gets rid of your food, so you think that you're out of food, and then you're out of food. You're hungry, and it eats you up. Okay, so you're a little depressed. You go into the woods to, you know, you're sad already because you're having to feed your family. Who the uh, the kids can't, you know, pitch in, carry their fair weight, and go hunting for fam for food either. And so you got to go out and you know kill animals uh, get meat and whatever. Take so it back to them. Yeah, you're already not in a great mental place. And so the thoughts of these things are definitely going to uh, to take over and fear is going to become your best friend. Now, with all that being said, have you ever heard of the family that's starving that lived off of plants? No, that's why vegetarians and vegans don't make it. You didn't go hunting for uh, vegetables in the woods. No, you grew that shit at home. I, I think that the... Wendigo who that was created in 1700s is still around today it shows how powerful of a tool fear can be for controlling people and at least controlling uh, the narrative of those people and getting them to be in a certain place a certain time in certain preparedness level
1: and and the cautionary tale aspect I do find very interesting because most of these cryptids and most of these legends and monsters that are I find so interesting are associated with some form of cautionary tale. Sometimes it's just one dude saw some freaky shit that he couldn't quite put into words and everybody else ran with it. But a lot of times they start just like this. They start as some sort of cautionary tale about why you should or should not do blank. But at the end of the day, what I like to think about is just imagine, like close your eyes and think about it. It's cold. I'm there. It's windy.
0: No, it's not really windy my
1: basement, but you hear the, the winds and you hear this distant shrieking sound and you hear the tree branches rustling and you know, there's this nine foot tall claws, sharp teeth, heart like sarge just ready to pounce and eat you at any moment it's terrifying
0: okay so like if, if you're listening close your eyes imagine that if you're driving don't do it <laughs> don't close your eyes and imagine it wait till you get somewhere safe
1: you think people drive around listening to podcasts is that a thing yeah, that's a thing people do.
0: And oh, if shit. they're driving around listening to, don't artists, do that. I appreciate God it. Yeah, I
1: don't mind.
0: Open your eyes, people. Okay, so I do want to ask you a question about something you just said. Okay. you think that a lot of the cryptids are cautionary tales, and yeah, so,
1: or you, I'm, or I'm somebody using, saw something freaky once and you, kind of spun yeah. it from there? So I, I'm using the terms cryptid, legend, monster. Very interchangeable and I know that there are definitely distinct characteristics of each, but I'm just saying that a lot of these beings start off as a cautionary tale. Yes. Okay. So I just
0: wondering where you would place that idea or that theory in the cryptids and such that we've talked about in the past on the show. Larry the lizard man, um Charles so, the Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> um and then Boggy Creek.
1: So, a lot of times, something out of the ordinary will happen, and they will use these creatures to try to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely what happened with the chupacabra. There's a real good chance that very large bats or other predators were attacking their livestock, and they made up this giant monster goat sucker creature to try to explain it. The Jersey Devil, I don't have the notes in front of me, but what I Oh, do yeah, we remember, did one on
0: the Jersey Devil, too. I forgot about
1: that. Yes. Okay. Uh, basically started off as this woman who had had all these children, and basically they didn't want any more, but had one more, and it was, I think they, it was like their 11th or 12th or at 13th. I think it was probably 13th, unlucky 13th thir- thirteen. I sympathize child. with
0: her not wanting anymore. I get
1: that. Yes, and- It it came out for whatever reason all like monstrous and aggressive. You know, that was back in the days when people didn't have the resources to take care of that many children. It was when
0: you created stories about going out to the woods and getting cold and hungry and uh was gonna
1: eat you. (laughs) (laughs) But then on the flip side of that, on the on the tail side of that coin, you've got Larry the Lizard Man, which I think is much more a some big-ass weird monster attacks somebody's car, they don't have any way to explain it. It, it, Because here's the other part of this. I love this stuff. Nothing would make me happier than to think that these creatures actually exist in some way, shape, or form. Whether they're roaming the countryside unabated or... It's another dimension that occasionally crosses with ours in a Mandela effect sort of way. However, you want to do it, I think it would be fascinating if some of this stuff was real. But the reality is when you are under stress, when you are in fight or flight mode, your brain starts going over time. Yeah. And you start trying to put pieces together that normally don't fit. You start. Like I, I feel like your brain is really good at putting stuff together like a jigsaw puzzle. Okay, this piece goes there, blah blah blah. But when you are freaked out and you just are so scared that you can't think coherently, you're like, you, you, it, it was, it was nine feet tall and it had scales and red eyes and and claws. Like because you're you're so scared, your brain is doing the best it can. And that's why uh,
0: eyewitness accounts are are terrible because you're. Eyewitness yeah. of the best you can do.
1: When when you go into shock, when you go into fear, when you're when your brain is experiencing these intense extreme emotions, rational thought is hard to keep up with. So <laughs> so I will I will, I will say a- personal experience with
0: that. Some number of years ago, when I was actually at a hotel, something that my Uh, a good portion of our listeners don't know is that I used to work in, in hotels and I say a good portion and that would be all three of them out of the,
1: maybe. And now when you say you work in hotels, you mean like depending on how much they're paying you, it could be for 30 minutes at a time. It could be for an hour at a time. What, whatever the client is, is down for,
0: you know, it was, I had a schedule and I showed up. No, I used to work front desk. I used to manage hotels, and that was the life that I had one time. And so I actually got held up at the hotel one night. And 100%, I'm going to agree with you because when, as soon as that guy left my lobby after, you know, having the gun in my face, which when they asked me what did he look like, I said, the end of a gun. I don't know. But it was my descriptions of him were not very accurate to what I later
1: remembered. He Why did really you keep like... screaming he was Polish? Like that's the part that I remember you telling me the story, and you're like, "He's Polish, he's Polish." And it's like, it, it, he was very tan skin. It was weird that you went that route.
0: I had to, I had to assign him a nationality of some kind. Well, I was a just Polish know that... person who
1: had been vacationing in the Caribbean. I just know.
0: Specific. Well, I just know that, like when they showed up and were asking me questions, I was still in that place of shock and fear really and I was giving them this description that did not match anybody who's ever existed. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it was fine. Whatever. I think they understood that
1: he had 12 toes, sir. He was wearing shoes. <laughs> he was
0: actually he, he was wearing boots um on top of shoes so you could not see his toes. <laughs> you know
1: Just look for the Polish man with a tan wearing two sets of shoes. <laughs> that's in no this pants or shirt. Very attainable
0: no pants or shirt, just two pairs of shoes. <laughs> the thing about it was, is you know, and looking back on it, it was, I really had no description of the guy because he had his hood pulled up and pulled tight as tight as he could be, you know, and it was covering his mouth and all you could see was his eyes and he sounded like Kenny from South Park. And, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, very clearly
1: I could understand the expletives that he had for me. maybe. <laughs> maybe one day monster will do a top 10 favorite movies of all time. But one of those, if not the top 10, probably the top 20 is Memento with Guy Pierce. Yeah. For those of you that don't know the, the film, the premise basically centers around a guy who has no short term memory. He remembers things from the past, but he can't make new memories. He should not trust Teddy. do not trust Teddy. Do not believe his lies, but, that's something he brings up in there. Eyewitness testimony is not reliable. No. And even it's it's crazy to think that me and you could be staring at a situation, a car wreck or something, and my brain would go into one kind of mode and yours would go into another. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was a red car that hit that guy. And you would be like, no, no, no. It was a blue car. I'm And I saw that. And as crazy as it sounds to equate – eyewitness testimony to cryptids and monsters that's exactly the same thing it it
0: really really is See, we would see a car crash and i would say that's a red car and my brain would go into mode of like that's a red car and i would look at you and you would just be furiously masturbating and it would be very uncomfortable and you know it's two different kinds of car
1: wrecks <laughs> no my first thought would be like did no one else see the twelve foot winged creature that swooped down and caused this wreck? It was fuming and had blood red eyes. <laughs> but okay. no, I'm still masturbating in yes. this scenario. Yes, you yes. are correct. Yes. <laughs> so that's the legend of the Wendigo. One other pop culture reference that I did that I did fail to mention that I when I read the book I almost missed it. But there is a Wendigo in Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Really? It is. It is not in the original movie. But what is really freaky is if you watch the remake, which is fine. I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I haven't seen uh, the remake.
0: I haven't read the book. I did see the original movie,
1: though. So the book, as, as many listeners know, I am on a journey to read all of Stephen King's books. I'm about 20 25 books in. You only have uh, 837
0: more to go. Basically,
1: uh, but Pet Cemetery is one that I've read and it is it is scary. Stephen King is a better writer than he gets credit for and I think Pet Cemetery for a lot of people is his quote-unquote scariest. I don't know about that. But it is very good and it's very dark and for a certain group of people i.e. those with young kids, it's tough. But the Wendigo is brought up very kind of casually in in the book. However, in the remake of the film, if you look real carefully, there is a scene where they're uh, going to the cemetery where you can see it in the background. And it's one of those shots that if you don't know it's there, you'll never see it. But once it's pointed out to you, you'll see it and i thought that was really freaky and pretty cool that in what was it 2021
0: 20, 20, 20
1: something like that yeah something like that there's still the Wendigo is still kind of in the pop culture zeitgeist it's not as well known as the Chupacabra and and Bigfoot and and Yeti, the Yeti, which is a totally, completely separate kind of creature, like so different that it has its own set of details. It still pops up in pop culture periodically. Knowing that it's
0: in in that part of the country, it's no surprise to me that Stephen King has incorporated it in. What is surprising to me is that he hasn't put it into more.
1: Because isn't he in (laughs) Bangor, Maine? Yes. Uh and and most of his books and I'm trying to think I don't know if Pet Cemetery takes place in Derry or Castle Rock.
0: But it's but all that of them, area of Maine, but Yeah, both of those are area.
1: Yeah, both of those are made up cities in Maine. So yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Wendigo with the right script, with the right director, with the right source material you could do something cool with it. It has popped up in other TV shows and stuff, but the concept of a person turning into this giant hulking, starving monster after consuming human flesh—I I think that's a great premise for something. And done correctly, could be very effective. I think it's too similar
0: to other premises or to other ideas to
1: perhaps to its own. Perhaps, but completely dissimilar to the Yeti. So, I will leave you with this. What's the only thing that can stop a windigo? What? A wind to stop. Mm. ah, I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only dad joke I have.
0: <laughs> so, why was there no food left after the monster party? Why? Because they were all goblins
1: little peek behind the curtains before we started recording danger and i had a text change going on that also involved goblin but in a totally different way
0: on what day do monsters eat people
1: oh oh i've heard this one before what is it tuesday tuesday that's it
0: right. tuesday
1: tuesday
0: all right thank you for listening to this <laughs> episode of the is for podcast where we did w is for Wendigo.
1: Wendigo.
0: Wendigo. Not Wendango, not Yeti. <laughs> not Yeti. That
1: Yeah, no, Yeti could be its own separate episode someday.
0: This is W really? for Wendigo, not Yeti. Or just W for not Yeti. I, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: w for not Yeti. That yeah. sounds great. That's yeah. good marketing.
0: Yes. So join us with the Ipsilor Podcast, where we don't know what the hell we're doing.
1: <laughs> no, and because we don't know what the hell we're doing reach out to us on social media, send us an email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun shit. And, uh, give us some ideas. Tell us if you like our show, hate our show. If you want to talk about something,
0: danger Do and Sarge it. across all those platforms and danger and at gmail.com. If you have an idea of something you'd like for us to talk about, if you just want to send us an email to tell us to stop making this, we will continue to make it, but we will acknowledge your email on air because oh, if anybody yeah. sends us an email, we're going to include it. and We're going to talk about it. So, just be aware if you're gonna send us an email telling us to stop, we're gonna say, hey, so and so, we're gonna keep going. This episode's
1: dedicated to you. So actually, actually, thank you. That that brings me to one last final point. Uh, oh. we did get a listener email that one to share. Oh. Uh, someone I didn't was, check the emails, so I did. Someone was so like enamored with our show. They were such a big fan that they sent us coupons to a uh I think it was HelloFresh. Um, but yeah, hello fresh emailed us and said that they were offering all these special things and stuff. And I was like, Oh, thank you. I emailed him back, but I, I haven't heard anything. So I don't, Mm. I don't know. Okay. But, uh, shout out to hello fresh. I'm glad you're a fan. That's that's what that means. Right. I, I don't know if you know this, but
0: hello fresh is a company, not just a person. W is for Wendigo, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so, uh, season five is going to be M is for moron because that's what we are.
1: All right. See capitalism. Send us your your money, please. Yeah.
0: All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been W is for Windigo. Now we're going to uh, when to get the hell off here. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed sure it. did. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Later. It's over. Done. Done.